1: True Talk KPDQ. This is Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Hello friends, Mike Lee here. Somehow I have been blessed with the privilege and opportunity to be named the Director of Local Ministries here at True Talk 800, 93.9 KPDQ, 104.1 The Fish, 93.1 El Rey, and the new Talk 1640. And there's a lot of Great things going on, and if you go to our pastors page at kpdq.com or truetalk800.com, you can find out about opportunities like that, which would include our pastors' masters, which will be filled on a first-come, first-served basis. Make sure that you sign up on the wait list, friends, because we've got a huge influx of people coming out to Persimmon this year. There's also a really neat ministry I want to share about. It's called Financial Peace University. You may have heard about it on Chris Brown's True Stewardship weekdays at 3 and also at noon on 93.9 KPDQ. In a nutshell, it is an hour and a half class that meets for nine weeks. It's not for CPAs or financial whizzes or investors. It's for normal people like you and like me. And if you're willing to coordinate a class, which basically means you're hitting play on the DVD player for nine weeks, you get to go through that class absolutely free. I've taken FPU twice, and I absolutely love it. It helped me get my life in order. I've dug out of a boatload of debt by the grace of God, just go to truetalk800.com, and I've set up the contact info for Gwen Dirks at daveramsey.com, and you can contact her. And one more thing you might want to know about is Salem Young Life is planning a camp reunion, and it's for all Salem folks who have been to Young Life camps over the many years. And it's going to be held on August 28th. Waterfront Park has been reserved for this community events. And there are different local contacts for this that have the details. I'm going to put them up under Difference Makers at truetalk800.com. And our old pal Ted Gillette told us about that. So, special times in the studio today. We have some old friends from Albany, Oregon. A uh, man I'm very proud to introduce as the lead pastor of Dever Connor Calvary Chapel. Welcome, Kyle Mitchell. How are you today, brother?
2: I am excellent. Good to see you, Mike.
1: Uh, the funny thing is, Kyle and I have had a roller coaster of ways that God has used to <laughs> yes. have, have us cross paths over the years. I actually have Kyle's old phone number. <laughs> That's
2: right. That's right. And I forgot that. And then recently said, "Hey, man, shoot me your phone number again." And you're like, "Well, it's just your old phone number." So, yeah, we do. We do have an interesting. Uh, Foundation to our friendship.
1: So I guess the initial time that we bumped into each other was when we both of us were working for a nonprofit Christian music network. And we had some great times and experiences there. Uh, Actually, Kyle beat me out for the job a year (laughs) earlier. Oh, man. And I was praying about that because I was between jobs back in New York. And I said, I really want this. I really, really want this. And Stephanie, the HR woman, said, look, the person doing the hiring has His top candidate in mind. (laughs) Top candidate said yes. Top candidate's wife said yes. If you really want to fly out here and and fight for an interview, you're welcome to, and I won't stop you. But I'm telling you, the seat's filled. So I thought about it, prayed about it, talked with my wife, Pam, and we couldn't get a ticket for below like 800 bucks. (laughs) I'm like, okay, God, I guess you're saying no on this one. And then God had dragged us out to Oregon from New York without a net because I didn't have any job prospects at that point. And yeah. then job reopened, and then there you go. basically you handed me the keys. So here we are today, and now you are the lead pastor of Deaver Connor Calvary Chapel. And I'm going to stutter on that because I'm so used to referring to your <laughs> church as Deaver Connor Community Church. So first of all, welcome to you, Kyle Metro, the lead Thank pastor, and you. to your wife, Karen, who's also in the studio today, and tell us about Dever Connor Calvary Chapel and where it is in Albany and when your services are and and all the good stuff
2: okay uh, I mean I'll have to do you know the short version on these things it's It's been a quite a couple of years um of a journey there and, and uh, God is with us, and it's going great and you know uh yeah, so it was Dever Connor uh, community church and, and Deaver Connor, what that is, it's an Albany address. We, uh, you know, Albany school district, the whole thing. Uh, but what it is, it's, it's a little pocket community just north of kind of mainland Albany there, um, up in all the industrial farms. So it's mostly, uh, blueberries and filbert orchards and all that stuff. And, and it's just beautiful up there. Uh, and so that little area is referred to as Deaver Connor. Um, but again, sort of culturally Albany. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, the, uh, getting there was an interesting story. I, I, you know, God uh, uh, was calling me back into full-time vocational pastoral ministry, and I knew that for sure, but I wasn't sure how that was gonna look or where that goes next. So uh, I spent a season doing the only thing I really had control of, and it was just sort of, hey, if God's asking me to be a Bible teacher, uh, well, I should be somewhere teaching the Bible. And so I started um, uh, a Bible study in my garage, uh, and, and I did it pretty fancy. I'm into sort of the aesthetics. So I did curtains and fancy lighting and rugs and set it out and just started doing a Wednesday night Bible study and we were going through the Ten Commandments. Uh, and during that process, a friend of mine, uh, Mark Vries, uh, was was coming to that and I was sharing with him, you know, I, I come from a, a super healthy church up here, Athey Creek Christian Fellowship, and they were totally behind me on the idea of a church plant down in the Albany area. Uh, but I started to feel like... Uh, you know, using church planting as more of a last resort, uh, instead of a first option. Cause when you stop and think about it, it was like, well, you know, you don't church plant cause Albany needs another church. There's plenty of churches. And, uh, and so just God started giving me a heart for, um, seeing if there's anything that he's already doing that, uh, could use whatever it is I am, you know? Uh, and so I started meeting with various churches around town and just putting feelers out there and, um. And so when, uh, one, one, uh, Wednesday night before the study, I was talking to Mark, this sort of similar conversation right here. And, uh, and he said, well, my dad's, uh, old church, the pastor's getting ready to retire there. And, uh, I said, really? And, uh, and he said, yes, because his dad was a couple pastors ago. Uh, that's George Fries. He's one of my elders now, but, uh, yeah, that was, uh, and I said, really? And what was interesting is I'd been looking into all these opportunities, um, but the house we were living in, we were actually uh, uh, having to move out of, we were just renting it and, and, and we had to get out of it and we weren't quite sure where we were going to live next. And uh, he goes, yeah, my dad's old church. The guy's going to be retiring and it's out in the country. And he goes, and it comes with a parsonage. And it's funny how that made me go, hmm, well, I am looking for somewhere to pastor and a place to sleep at night, <laughs> so... uh a good combination. Yeah, yeah, so I was like, but I kind of thought, ah, that's probably not going to be it either, but I sort of had told God, man, I'll look into anything, Lord, I'm, I'm open to wherever you want to use me. And so we went and checked it out, and just uh, for no real logical reasons, but just sort of the Spirit uh, speaking to us, uh, right away within a couple weeks, we were like, I think this is it, I think... Um, this is where God's calling us, and, and it is kind of crazy because uh, on paper, again, um, who I am, my background, my experiences and uh, that church and where it is, and, and the, the, the congregation at that time and stuff, it't it really, the math didn't really add up. but, uh, but we sort of wore that as a, uh, a badge of pride to say, "Hey, you know, the less the story makes sense." and God still bears fruit, it's just a better story, I think. Because it's more about Him Absolutely. than about a natural fit. Yeah, and I started to feel a church plant almost made too much sense. It's like with my background, and the, and I'm really well-connected, and I know a lot of people, and I got a big church that's ready to, to, to be in my corner, and everyone goes, yeah, that makes sense. you know I moved back to the town I grew up in, plant a church, boom. Uh, and so uh, now— Truth be told, that that would have been a much easier path (laughs) than than the one we've been on. Well, it's like my contractor friends say, yeah,
1: sure, there's a lot of good used strip malls out there, but it's so much more efficient for them to raise it and start something brand new because it's theirs rather than having to fix
2: something that's already been there. You bet. So if we were going for efficiency and uh, path of least resistance, uh, we uh, we blew it. (laughs) But that's not what we were going for we wanted to just be in the center of where God would have me and um uh you know and i really have a heart for restoration it's part of what fuels uh, most pastors right uh, and and so that i think that extends to the church itself I, I just felt like you know this the church had been sort of shrinking but man there was good fruit there and, and wonderful people and good you know they weren't dead uh, but you know f- uh, the on the metrics right attendance and giving and things had just kind of been uh, um uh, shrinking but that 's kind of a that story's happening everywhere all mm. towns all across america a- and that 's really been a part of what 's been fueling us is the drive and the desire for a true multi generational church. Um, I kind of see this forty and over church s- uh, demographic kind of that older church and then uh, and I, they technically have thrown me into the millennials now i 'm on the very old end of the millennials, but uh we love planting churches in schools and in warehouses and there's kind of this divide but I was a part of a church plant a, a, a fantastic one back way back you know way back early Athey Creek but you know what to get some gray hairs in the congregation we just had to wait like 10 or 15 years uh you know church plants are inherently trend towards younger families and that's awesome but man there's this whole other section of the body that's really important uh to have the older saints and the people with the just wisdom and and so we just Looked at it like, you know, there's kind of a rebirth and a replant that God is whipping up in our church. Uh, but we're doing it inside the confines of, uh, man, having these just awesome older saints and people with a lot of history and, and maturity in their walk. And now, as young, uh, young families are attracted to what, what we're doing now, uh, we get to plug them in with people who have been married 60 years and go, hey, you guys should hang out. And, and you know, and uh, anyway, so we just, we're like, we don't want to be a 40 and over church only. Uh, but we don't want to be a 40 and under church only. Uh, we really are trying to um, yeah, just be full, diverse in, in age and demographic and the whole thing. So,
1: so I was at the DMV the other day. Yeah. I had to <laughs> uh, renew my license, which means I've been in Oregon eight years. Mm-hmm. A- and my v- imperfect theology views heaven as looking somewhat like the DMV, <laughs> hopefully ever so slightly faster. but. It's basically uh, an ethnic and age wise and cultural train wreck of society <laughs> with people from all different sorts. And having been blessed to have grown at churches where they were really, really small or helping out with a mm-hmm. church plant or really, really big or leaning one way or the other, I think God allowed my family these different experiences to open our eyes toward the fact that we're all wrecks. Mm-hmm. We are all in need of a perfect savior. We're all sinners going to the hospital. We're not a, a museum for saints. And my old pastor Absolutely. had a saying that there's no perfect church, and if there was, we wouldn't be invited. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So exactly. It's, it's funny you'd mentioned uh, your experience with Athey Creek, Brett Metter being one of the yeah. most loved voices on our stations. And I was listening to his program day by day the other day. And while it's apparent that Athey Creek Christian Fellowship has grown leaps and bounds and done a lot numbers-wise, he was reminiscing about the old days when mm-hmm. Athe Creek was small enough they could say, hey, let's all go to Safeway and get stuff for a barbecue. And they just did. <laughs> yeah. Or it's kind of more difficult to do that in a church of its size today. Yep. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, those were good times.
1: When we return, more with Kyle Mitchell. He is the lead pastor of Deaver Connor Calvary Chapel. They have services 10 a.m. Sundays, kids' classes of all ages. Also, 7 p.m. Wednesdays with a meal at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. also, they host youth group Wednesdays. You can find out more information on the website, com, which is spelled dot com. That's com. More with lead pastor Kyle Mitchell next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My dear pal Clark Hilton is engineering us from across the glass on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here with the lead pastor, Kyle Mitchell of Albany, Oregon's Dever Connor Calvary Chapel, Information on the church can be found at DeaverConnor.com. They're also on Facebook. And uh, their services are for all ages, 10 a.m. on Sundays, 7 p.m. on Wednesdays with a meal at 6 p.m., and youth group Wednesdays also beginning at 7. So, Carl, tell me about these Wednesday night services of yours. When you have a meal, does everyone congregate together? Do people kind of click off to their relative age group? (laughs) You were sharing that you really felt from the Lord that you needed to have a church. That wasn't strictly forty and over, but sure. also wasn't strictly forty and younger. Sure. So, how do your Wednesday nights work?
2: Yeah, Wednesdays—it's uh, kind of—it's one of our newest additions, uh, and it kind of speaks to um, uh, a bit of a, a, a merger we just did too. And so, we weren't doing Wednesday nights last year. It's always been something we'd like to do, but then um, uh, there was a, a, a Calvary Chapel Albany in, in right in the middle of the city. And, uh, man, they, uh, man, moving along, trucking along and, but they were like a lot of porta churches getting booted out of their space and wasn't really sure what was going on. And it was, uh, again, I'm condensing a really cool work of the spirit into a short story, but, uh, I, you know, I didn't know pastor Dan Berg over there and he didn't know me and we had just, uh, joined into the Calvary circuit and, uh, I was just thinking about him and I heard that they were having a tough time, maybe going to lose their space. And, and, uh, from the, I was meeting with, Pastor Rob Verdine at Calvary Corvallis, and from the drive from Corvallis back to Albany, I just told my wife, I was like, I I, I have to go meet Dan. I I have I just feel like uh, God's telling me to go see him. I just feel like the Lord was telling me he's just tired and kind of beat up, and and uh, maybe we could do something together. And uh, it was just sort of presumptuous, you know, young guy like me and and just rolling in. And I told her she had, in fact, she had somewhere to be. I said just just leave me in the parking lot. I don't even care how I get home. I have got to go talk to this man felt so strongly about it and uh, from his side of the story uh, the way he tells it is he was on his knees next to his desk crying out to the Lord after their third or fourth attempt to find a new building fell through and he said he opened his prayer with Lord I'm so tired <laughs> and this was me driving from Corvallis to Albany God telling me go 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 see Dan he's 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 tired he needs he needs somebody to <laughs> to come see him. And I just knocked on his window. I'm not a very shy guy, you know, and he, this after hours it's dark. Uh, he didn't know me from Adam, and, and I walk in, and, and we ended up having a couple-hour conversation, and we left that first conversation uh, pretty sure that the that the Lord was doing something to bring us together. Uh, now, here's the thing. Th- those don't really work, <laughs> you know, uh, statistically, or, uh, you know, you can, you can research a lot of church mergers. Uh, man, and I'm just... Happy to report over the airwaves that it's just going awesome, and when you know when the Lord's in it and when He ordains it, there is no risk, uh, and uh, it's just been going great. And Dan's a pastor on staff, and he's able to step even deeper into his passion for counseling and some of those things, and let me handle kind of how God wired me. You know, we're, we're very well knit together. So, man, I've just gained a brother there that I can't even I can't even hardly express how, how thankful I am. It's weird we've only known each other even a short amount of time, but. Uh, it's like family, family. And so he was doing the Wednesday night stuff. So we said, oh man, you know, cause obviously that's a big move for him to give up the Sunday morning thing. Uh, that's that, a lot of humility in that man. And, but we said, man, but we want you to keep doing your Wednesday night study. Uh, so I, we're going, you know, we do verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. Uh, so we're in, uh, we're just getting ready to finish up the book of Acts on Sunday morning. So he's doing Nehemiah on Wednesday. So you can kind of get a little old Testament, new Testament, um, now, and we actually ate meals together Sunday mornings after church for the first six weeks that their congregation joined us, because we just, we believe so much, uh, as did the first church, and breaking bread with one another and getting to know each other. So we were having these like 100 plus person potlucks every Sunday, uh, and now we're just doing them on Wednesday nights and the first Sunday of every month we're having a potluck at the church. But uh, So the Wednesday night crowd's still a little smaller, you know, it's always harder to get people out midweek, but uh, it's awesome. We Yeah, we come together and we eat a meal, and it's very mixed crew, I mean, again, from age, race, uh, socioeconomic income, everything, you know, we're really uh, proud of what the Lord's doing.
1: Kyle Mitchell is the yeah. lead pastor of Dever Connor Calvary Chapel in Albany. And Kyle, you were mentioning the fact that Calvary Chapel's model is verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, which is one of the things I absolutely love about the Calvary Chapel churches. And yet still, if you compare yourself to to this pastor, Dan, to Daniel Fusco at Crossroads Vancouver, to Terry McNabb, Calvary Chapel, Portland. You're all vastly different personalities. And I love the fact that it's about the Bible. It's about God through the Bible in an expository way that lends less to interpretation or perhaps unintentional or intentional misinterpretation or agenda-driven messages which is not to knock any congregation that that sure. makes that way but i think that there are certain advantages to how calvary chapel churches go through the word of god
2: amen yeah i mean when i uh you know stumbled into aty creek in uh 2000 uh they were just a couple year old little church plants were setting up blue chairs in the middle school there and uh one service and uh you know and and uh but when i you know, because I'd been in church just a couple of years. I got saved in high school. I didn't grow up in the church and Sunday school, none of that. And I you was can into it. backtrack a little yeah, bit yeah, about yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, So, So, <laughs>
1: Kyle Mitchell, you grew up in the Albany area?
2: I did grow up in Albany, yep. Yeah. Periwinkle, Kalapuya, South Albany High. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I grew up there and uh, awesome family, well loved, well taken care of, but we just weren't plugged into church, you know. And So, basically, I, I, I ended up with um, a best friend, in school, that I made uh, named Ryan Shrout, and uh, he happened to be a pastor's kid. And so, as we became friends, uh, he would be inviting me to all kinds of uh, church events, and it was when I would go to some of the you know, fun stuff. But what really stuck for me, and when I finally uh, received salvation, really gave my heart to Christ, as funny as it sounds, is it revolved mostly around turning 16 and getting my driver's license. <laughs> I know that it always sounds kind of funny, like what a weird connection, but it just came to the fact that. Uh, nobody was taking me to church on sundays uh and once I had a car, I could get up and go to church <laughs> and Once I was going consistently, uh it really penetrated and and I gave my heart to the lord and um uh, and it's so awesome to see my family now coming around me and, and some ministries I've done before and, uh, and, and man, just walking with the Lord now. And my dad's actually a deacon at our church, and it's okay. so cool. Yeah, it's so... Congratulations. Dude, it's, yeah, it's... it's uh, There's no better fruit than, than in the home, you know, and so uh, very blessed there. But, um yeah, and so by the time I came to Athey Creek, I wasn't that impressed with church, you know, and I'm kind of a keep it real guy. So, I don't know, I was not really... I was skipping church and stuff, and... I don't know, it just didn't, it wasn't grabbing me. I loved Jesus and the idea of everything. Man, when I, first I went to Athey Creek, uh, there, Exodus 20, the first time through, uh, and it was 10 commandments week one. And so for 10 straight weeks, I heard Pastor Brett teach the 10 commandments. And uh, I just, I was hooked, man. I was so in love with the word at that point and hearing it taught deeply and Old Testament and Greek and Hebrew references, cultural, just that, you know, that real good, uh, bible exposition and um and man I never looked back and uh, you know it's funny people ask me where i went to school or my seminary and i always say you know i, I i'm a i'm a i'm a college dropout <laughs> and i did full time ministry before which i'm sure we'll talk about here in a second but i um uh, you know i feel like the 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 most proud seminary degree i could frame and put in my office is that uh for 15 years i diligently went through the Bible on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights with one pastor in depth, the whole thing, cover to cover. And I go, man, I'd hang that uh, on the wall next to any seminary degree. Um, I'm not, man, education's great. You know, I'm not knocking that, but that's just sort of the path God's brought me on. And, and, uh, so, so thankful to, yeah, Brett and, and Athey Creek and the covering they've had over me and, 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 uh, and, Previous ministries I've been a part of.
1: <laughs> so that's really funny. So basically, you had a, a personalized crash course from yeah. Brett Metter himself.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he absolutely no. I mean, because you got to think obviously, you got you, the listeners hear him on the radio and stuff, but but he's a small church pastor at heart. The guy just shirts, hat, and a stool and, a, and an old leather Bible. Uh, he doesn't like big church. He doesn't uh, view himself that way, and we did. We used to just have under two hundred of us in a middle school, just cracking the word, We're huffing speakers in and out, putting them in trailers, setting up cribs, and and just do, you know serving alongside one another. And I was heavily involved for all those years in in worship uh, and all those things. So just uh, I've spent a lot of time. I mean, Brett married my wife and I. He did my mom's funeral. He's done all you know any counseling we ever needed. I mean, that's just that's my pastor, uh, and and I've been with him for yeah fifteen years.
1: What a wonderful thing. I have so many friends and acquaintances who were at AT Creek back in the
2: old days yeah. when
1: when y'all were uh renting Athey Creek Middle School, and if they got there late, they'd be sitting out listening from the hall.
2: <laughs> yep, the hall, the stairs, the the extra Mackie on a stick around the corner where you can't even see Brett, you know, it's it's uh it actually there's so much uh that formed me in my understanding of church and the work of the Lord and at that time because you see when I came in Exodus, right around the corner is Leviticus. <laughs> and uh, what was crazy is, and I, these numbers aren't probably totally accurate, but I, I, you know, I swear we started Leviticus with just two or three hundred of us, and we did like a year or eighteen months consistently, Sunday mornings, Wednesday night, Leviticus, and we grew to five or six hundred people in those eighteen months, and people were just scratching their heads, going, "How do you grow a church while teaching Leviticus?" You know, uh, and it was such a it, that that imprinted me so deeply to really understand uh, church growth strategies and things like that, that there just really aren't any other than people have a hunger and a thirst for the Word to reconnect with their Creator, uh, and I just need to get out of the way and teach the Word, and uh, no fancy gimmicks, uh, and just, uh, you know, again, as the Word refers to itself as food, man, I just think there's a lot of hungry people, and we don't want to give them little snacks, man. We try to dish up a big old potluck of the Word, you know, and uh, let it do its thing.
1: So maybe you're going through school right now, or you're the parent of children in school. You know, Matt, that invitation to youth group or the wackiness or the fun event very well may be used by God to bring someone to the Lord. And yeah. maybe, just maybe, if God calls him or her, you'll end up with a lead pastor someday like we have here. <laughs> Kyle Mitchell of Albany, Oregon's Deaver Connor Calvary Chapel. And that's west of I-5, exit 239 just east of the EA Farms Century Farms area in Albany. And you can find out more information on the website, DeaverConner.com. That's DeaverConner.com. More with Kyle Mitchell next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800, and perhaps on their first date in a while, we have in the studio <laughs> Karen Mitchell and her husband, the lead pastor, Kyle Mitchell of Albany, Oregon's Dever Connor Calvary Chapel. So congratulations on the baby. Thank Tell you. us about your family.
2: Yeah, I got my wife, Karen. She's here with me, and then uh, she grew up in Vancouver, Washington. And we have a, a nine-year-old daughter named Genevieve. We have a six-year-old daughter named Macy. And we just had a baby boy named Brennan. So he's eight months old, and that's kind of our caboose baby. We thought we were done at two there. And, uh, but man, the Lord's just brought us into such a cool season that we, as we get a little older, you know, you start to get that feeling of like, all right, uh, are we really done? Because it's kind of like uh, we're running out of years here. And, uh, but man, just the church family we have surrounding us and the beautiful parsonage we're in and that whole thing, we thought, yeah, this is a world we could bring one more in. And, and then we got our son. So it's kind of cool to get, get the boy.
1: Well, God's got a really good sense of humor, and you're a man's man. You're an outdoorsy, you know, balling type. So obviously you adore your daughters, Macy and Genevieve. Absolutely. But is it kind of a cool new
2: dynamic having a a baby boy in the house in Brennan? Yeah, it is. Even just, uh, you know— I'm I'm an artist so I'm into sort of fashion and clothes so it's just it is a completely different experience to to raise a same gendered child because you have kind of the mini me effect you never had with the daughters you know so it's like I got to buy him his first snapback you know Jordan hat and some other things and you just kind of go and he you know he really does look like a Mitchell so I'm like you know cuz he could look like anything but you go this really is going to I think kind of be like a little mini me here in a couple of years and so it's 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 awesome man uh, but we you know most of the stuff i'm into my girls get right into it man they love handing me wrenches under cars they we go hunting together they um uh man we just but then we take them right to ballet we we try to expose our kids to a lot of stuff so the the chick the, the, you know our little chickies they dig the the stuff with dad too
1: i love the fact that as parents we don't feel a need to totally typecast our kids into a compartment or sure. a box uh, my my son tj He'll talk sports ad nauseam till he's blue in the face, but he's also a bit of a musician. Yeah. He loves. He's better on the piano than he'd like to be because I think he wants to quit and get on drums. So that's that's
2: the latest <laughs> yeah, dilemma help there. that
1: we are going <laughs> through. And uh, speaking of drums, you have a little experience behind the set yourself earlier on. Cutlass fans may have recognized the names of Kyle Mitchell and your pk friend ryan shroud so, yeah yeah so tell us about your musical background
2: yeah so i guess that does segue off that last story there of just so ryan shroud you know and uh him and i become just best friends and now we're going to church together and in fact we go to this cool trip in cincinnati uh and 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 uh we're sitting on the on the riverfront there late at night and really both of us feel the the audible you know calling from god into ministry and uh so then we started to plan our senior year to go to Warner Pacific College together, be roommates and and uh, and we had we went in as ministry majors to be you know pastoral ministries, and I knew God had that calling on our lives, uh, but we were also musicians and so when you 're eighteen <laughs> and also a musician, man, we just knew that uh, God had sort of a musical twist to the call of ministry at that at that time, so it was sort of like let 's go to college. But uh, I'd say we, at least 50% of our motivation was, and when we get there in big, big old Portland, let's start a band. And, uh, and and what's really cool is in the first night in the dorm, so we're setting up our room and we hear some music and some, some worship coming from down the hall. And so we uh, go down the hall and uh, we met a gentleman in there and he was playing worship songs. And there was 10 or 12 guys crammed in this dorm room and we're all just worshiping and none of us know each other. And it's like, what a cool way to kind of break the ice that first night in the dorms, was come coming worship together, and uh, uh, but that, and then that after we were done worshiping, we were we were meeting the guy that was leading it, and he was showing us some um, material he'd recorded in high school, and we were like, wow. And uh, the funny thing is, is it didn't click right away. As Ryan and I left his dorm room, we went, boy, I hope he doesn't start a band. Like we want to be the band on campus. <laughs> but the thing, so that was John Micah, and uh, and then within a week or so, the RA uh, uh, wanted to do a start a student led worship night on campus to kind of cut your studies and go worship, and he asked John Micah to lead it, and he asked Ryan and I to jump in. And and so really the three of us right there, first week of college there at Warner Pacific uh, was the three uh, main members of Cutlass. And uh, so we we, we did the worship thing, and then when we went away for Christmas break— and it's funny how old we're getting because we didn't have cell phones or anything really so it was like did you have beepers and pagers back then yeah, like I, I mean i had a cell phone but it was like <laughs> regional uh, only in 300 minutes it, we weren't glued oh, to them yet but at least you're not as old as i am you didn't yeah you didn't carry around <laughs> a uh, backpack the uh, the hard
1: plastic case that looked like it should carry a makita drill you know, like, wind instead up instead of the, for the cell phone yeah back but, but it was day. like
2: we went away for christmas break and it really was like i'm not going to be able to have any contact with you for the next few weeks but we said but when when we get back, first of the year, this would have been uh, January 2000. So when we get back, let's start to try to make our own music and move, um, you know, into into that arena as presenting ourselves as an actual band, not just the worship thing. But, uh, you know, and and it really, uh, again, go, go to Wikipedia, you can find the rest of the story from there. But the thing is, you know, it's cool how we even started in worship and then... Uh, you know, projects like Strong Tower and stuff ended up being some of the the most successful stuff we did. Still with that heart of worship in it, and that's so we talk early Athey Creek days. It's like, man, if you attended Athey Creek in those early two thousands, it was Brett Metter preaching and Cutlass leading worship. You know, you didn't really know it then <laughs> that, what that would mean. You know, twenty sixteen looking back, but uh, but uh, yeah, man, God did a, uh, is still doing an awesome work. I'm still in, in touch with those guys in Cutlass. They just started their new uh, end of the age. Ministries, which is their own sort of outreach ministry thing and and I know james uh, sort of a friend of the station here too anyway so it's it 's uh, it's cool to see them still going i 'm so proud of those guys it's a I try not to be gimmicky with it it 's funny how long it 's carried with me. You know, I don't introduce people like hi, I'm Kyle. I used to be in Cutlass. You know, it's starting to feel like the guy who's still talking about the high school football touchdown. You know, <laughs> right? We don't want to <laughs> the glory days, the, the Al Bundy type. Saying, <laughs> yeah, <"You> know, I'm <laughs> a shoe salesman now, but, but back then in high school, boy, there I scored was five time. touchdowns. In I one swear, game. I really used to be somebody. You now, and that's you know, and that's 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 just it. You know, it's a cool season, and it's just awesome. I, I you know, I feel like lightning striking twice. I can't believe that God would use a, a nobody from nowhere like me, like he did that first time in Cutlass. Uh, and if he never used me again for the rest of my life, he still used me more than he should have. Uh, but here I am, uh, and he's allowed me this privilege to uh, to lead a church and and to bear fruit and, and, uh, and just to see the Lord do a, a mighty work through me again. I, I, it's hard for me to actually think that uh, he'd give me both of those experiences in one life.
1: God's got a really good sense of humor. I found time (laughs) and again and again. And every time I hint, well, you know, God, why do you try this? I I, I picture him up in heaven just kind of scratching his chin, chuckling and and smirking just a little bit at me, knowing that I love him, but I'm just so clueless when it comes down to it. So here you are starting off in Albany in an unchurched family. You'd become friends with this pastor's kid, this PK. Ryan Tratton, yeah. now you're in the big city. Did you enjoy your season at Warner Pacific?
2: Yeah, I did. I mean, it was, you know, the fun that anybody has when they go to college. Well, you know, good, wholesome fun in college. And, uh, and uh, man, I did. You know, it's funny, though. It really was a time of a struggle for me. And, again, I don't want to sound like anti-education, but, you know, God's calling kind of supersedes uh, the authority of men and ordination, and those things I find to be important. But we just were, so, we got so deep into the music and just knowing that that is what God had called us to do and was equipping us, it started to get a lot harder to pay attention in class and, and to focus. And But, you know, I always say I wouldn't have traded it for nothing. I had scholarships to other schools uh, to be part of their music programs and things. And, and I definitely was meant to be at Warner, but, you know, it wasn't for a degree. I met my wife and my band. <laughs> so, so that is where you met Karen, who yeah. was raised in Vancouver. Yeah. So we met in college. Uh, yeah. At Warner Pacific. Yeah.
1: Okay. So the first, tell us about the first time you laid eyes on her, <laughs> or vice versa. Karen, you're in the studio right now. <laughs> you the know, mic so is available. You can the, stay in the corner if you want, but the I'll mic be, is available to you if you want to join us. <laughs> Karen Mitchell.
2: Well, I'll be brief here. It is a pretty funny story, actually. That we've talked about Ryan Shrout here, right? So Ryan and I are roommates. I go to high school or go to college, but I still had a girlfriend that was a senior in high school at that time. And so we're at freshman orientation, August 18th, 1999, and uh, I see Karen, right? And it registers as like, I'm attracted to her, but not like in a, but it's like I have a girlfriend, you know? And so what do you do? You lean to your roommate and you go, I was like, yo, hey man, check her out. You You should go talk to her you should go talk to her you know cuz i'm sort of like i can't <laughs> and uh and he did and they actually started dating uh so so Karen was uh dating my roommate and best friend but that meant she was hanging out all the time in my dorm and and around and and so we got to know each other and, and they, they it was just like one of those kind of freshman few three month things or whatever and but then it, it, that sort of ingrained her into our friend circle and they broke up still friends and so i mean we it took it was a couple years later that her and i um became an official item. But uh, man, by the time, by the time God really opened my eyes to Karen in that way, uh, we, uh, we agreed to get married two weeks later. It was like, you know, we had been hanging out so much and we knew that uh, we already loved each other in a way of like, you couldn't quite put your finger. I know she says like, she, she saw me and she realized that I was a person she didn't ever want to not have in her life but it still didn't make sense that that was like a husband, just like, I hope we stay friends forever, you know? But, uh, so when it finally clicked over, it was kind of a done deal. And, and, um, the only reason it took so long to get married was I got that record deal and we blew up faster than you're supposed to blow up. So we kept setting, we'd set a wedding date and then I'd have to call home from somewhere in America and be like, Hey, so, uh, we're going to have to bump our wedding a few months because Mercy Me just called and you don't say no when Mercy Me calls <laughs> to take you out on the road. And, uh, you know, so, but good times there at Warner.
1: <laughs> well, I suppose that absence can make the heart grow fonder. And, yeah. and I love the fact that you became friends without any other agendas at the time. In fact, it, yeah, you, were, you were trying to set Karen up with Ryan. On yeah, yeah. Things. So, so it, there were really no games being played. You got to know each other as Kyle and Karen as opposed to yeah, a perspective person that you're interested in.
2: Absolutely. Good way to do it.
1: Good way to do it. I love when God works things out, as he does, uh, with the lead pastor of Deaver Connor Calvary Chapel in Albany, Kyle Mitchell. Karen Mitchell is beside him, and we're going to talk about marriage and parenthood and the church and a whole lot more. So thank you for joining Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Thanks for joining Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here with my pal Kyle Mitchell of Albany, Oregon. He is the lead pastor of Deaver Connor Calvary Chapel alongside his wife, Karen, originally from Vancouver. And they met at Warner Pacific College Mm -hmm. before he started going on doing the tour thing with a band named Cutlass and eventually became the lead pastor down in Albany. So it's a a wonderful story that you're able to share with us today, Kyle.
2: Thank you. Yeah. It's been an interesting life. That's for sure. God uh, seems to keep things uh, just interesting for us you know we don't yeah there's no there's no vanilla in the mitchell household that's for sure
1: (laughs) and that's a good thing i think think it's healthy and i love the fact that you deliberately go out of your way to to church with others who are not carbon copies of your own demographic you mentioned earlier on not wanting to be a 40 and over church and not wanting to be a 40 and under church exclusively but really wanting to mix as the bible tells us that for the youth not to feel discouraged, be able to speak, and at the same time to glean from the the older saints who have some great experience to share with each other.
2: I like one of the o- older saints in the church. I like what he said. He goes, "We need uh, we need the youth to set the church on fire, and the uh, older saints to make sure it doesn't burn down."
1: Well, oh, I like that. I like <laughs> yeah, that. So. so, so maybe there are some listeners right now who have never been to a church, mm-hmm. like when you were growing up yeah. in Albany, or maybe. Worse, they've been to a church, but they have a bad experience, and there's still some baggage that needs to get released. So can you give us the 30,000-foot view of Deaver Connor Calvary Chapel and how God's using it to touch lives? You bet. Give us an
2: invitation. You bet. Uh, You know, one of the things we say, and if if you guys listen to Brett on the same station, you'll hear it from him as well. And it came from Brett and his pastor before him, Chuck, or uh, John and his before him, Chuck. But, uh, man, we believe wholeheartedly uh, the church is to be a hospital. And I think where the church has gone wrong and where things get goofy and sideways sometimes is when it becomes more of a social club, uh, becomes more of a, an event and a gathering and place you have to posture for, you know, that your life's put together or who's got the nicest car, clothes, or just, you know, because the thing is, is if you really understand what, a, what an emergency room is, uh, uh, when you fall and break your arm and the bone's sticking out of the flesh, do you care what your hair looks like uh, before you go down to the ER? My wife probably would. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get your <laughs> lipstick right. No way, man. See, that's so, why you don't know wear yeah. underwear with
1: holes in it. Because if you're getting a you, ever get in the car <laughs> you red, never know. With the yeah. hospital staff's going to no, see it.
2: And that's a, if you know when the church makes that shift in thinking, um, you know the people coming to church they stop to worry so much. They stop worrying so much about those things, and they understand, man, I'm sick and I'm hurting, and I just need healing. And I need to go see the healer, and, and I need to hear from His Word, and. And um and same thing on the on the leadership side of church, when you start to, you know, look at people as um people that have real lives and real struggles and need healing. They need to hear from the Lord. Not from Pastor Kyle or Pastor Dan necessarily, but from the Lord. And uh and stop treating people as tithing units or uh numbers on will call sheets and stuff like that, man. We really are in the we're in the life saving business. Um and uh and and disciple making and and that, so that's why we try to, you know, teaching through the Word is one of those great fail-safes, you know, is like, you don't want me to sit in my office week to week and come up with what I think you need to hear. Uh, that's the Calvary understanding of that God mentions things as frequently as he wants them discussed. Uh, some churches, you'd think that uh, three quarters of the Bible is all about giving because it's all you ever hear when you when you go there, man. But when you just are committed to plow through it, uh, we are a church that when the when the tough topics come up, we go after it. You know, uh, we skip nothing, and I think that's that's you know distinctive of of sort of what we have going on that that uh, God can really use. But man, we really are a, a bunch of folks. I mean, by nature, Albany's very blue collar. Um, so we really are just a family. We we love to uh, eat meals together. You know, I've, in my office, there's this big kind of art installation on the shelf, and it's uh, Acts 242, because uh, it's so foundational to what God's called me to be as a pastor. And it's just where it talks about that first church in Acts, which, you know, everybody wants the results the first church in Acts was having. I mean, they had a day where 3,000 people get saved at, at once, you know, and they're, they're they're turning the whole world upside down, people's lives being radically changed, they're having all things in common, they're loving one another. Uh, everybody wants that. Uh, so we think, if well, if we want their results, we should probably stick to their methods. <laughs> There's some logic there. And, uh, and Acts 2.42 is where it just says, and they were steadfast in, in teaching the apostles' doctrine, so the Word of God, uh, and in fellowship, and in prayer, and in communion. And so those are those four things we really focus on. Uh, and we let other things kind of be the fruit of that, feeding the homeless or getting clothes to the cold people or doing yard work for the elderly. Those uh, those are the fruit of people who are attending a church where the Word's being taught. They're praying together, eating meals together. P- one of the uh, jokes about us is uh, people will call us calorie chapel because uh, we like to eat so much together. <laughs> 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 calorie chapel. But, man, we really are trying our best to cultivate a family, people who genuinely care about one another, Uh that, that help each other out and people that come together as a body that we're all willing to sacrifice of our time, uh, of our resources, of our talents, uh, to, uh, we believe that God really does want to, um, have revival in Albany. You know, we just recently, uh, had, a, had a little mini revival at the church is so cool. You know, just God showing us that he's with us. And it was a, a teaching I did. Um, it's called spirit and truth. If you want to look that up through our website, it's called spirit and truth. And, uh, uh, and it was just a sermon about uh, not being just saved, but being full of the Spirit. That, like you know, that uh, that's the power. It'd be like a Ferrari, having a Ferrari with no engine in it. Not, not very useful. That's a Christian when that isn't uh, full of the Spirit. And it was this real heartfelt plea I made to the congregation. And so what we did is we we just put out every way that people can respond to receive the Spirit. I just thought. Uh, so we put out communion. We filled up the baptismal. There was nothing planned. We. Um, I uh, had a, two of the elders ready to anoint people with oil. Like Book of James says, if any are sick among you, go get anointed by the elders. Uh, myself and, and one of my other elders were ready to pray for people for salvation or or to receive the Spirit. And we just, we just kind of put it all out there, and I gave a heartfelt teaching on this, and then we just gave people a chance to respond. And it was uh, about two hours until the sanctuary cleared out. And uh, that day, uh, 12 people got baptized. And not a gimmicky thing either. I mean, we're talking... Deep stuff. People that we've been counseling, just really, the spirit really broke loose. And so, man, he's just he's just with us. You know, it's not all about numbers, but it's fun to see that. You know, when I first came a couple years ago, we were maybe forty five, fifty people, and uh, now, you know, we're any given Sunday we're hitting like one seventy. Uh, that's still a small church, but uh, but you know, it's so the twelve baptisms, and and really in the new year, I think we've every Sunday had a, had first time visitors in the church, and. um uh, we're, we're you know i'm i 'm giving the call to salvation, and people are responding getting saved uh that, those are the numbers man but uh but it 's a hospital and and, and men we're flawed, the leaders are flawed, elders are flawed, we blow it, but we 're just trying to be transparent and real, get out of the way, teach the word, worship together, eat meals together, help each other out, truly love one another, and uh, just let God really bring revival to the Willamette Valley.
1: Amen to that so in our final two minutes, lead pastor Kyle Mitchell. Uh, I love what you're doing at Deaver Connor Calvary Chapel. Uh, Can you just give us the big picture on how do you balance being an outreach to those who completely don't know the Lord and at the same time building up those in the Word who do know Him?
2: Yeah, it is tough because some churches seem to fall to one side or the other. They're kind of uh, seeker-friendly, just trying to capture people with salvation, but then sometimes the, the pitfall can be they never grow deep. Uh, and then sometimes you can be kind of too studious and stuff to really, yeah, Uh, and it's milk and meat. You know, that's what the Bible would say. Uh, And that's the beauty of the word. You know, it it can be heard uh, uh, as a shallow wading pool or as the deepest part of the ocean. And I think it's the beauty of teaching a book that isn't just a dusty history book. It's a living, breathing document. It is God's words, actually active living. Uh, So I, I firmly believe I can teach something and to the seasoned Christian, it can, it can hit a deep intellectual chord with them of something that, that they can stack into their development and their discipleship and their growing, but it could also hit the first-time church visitor uh, on that surface level, simple to digest. Uh, that's kind of the beauty of the gospel. Um, but I think that's part of like our Wednesday night Bible study is supposed to be a little more in-depth. Uh, Sunday's a little bit easier to, to bite off. And, uh, and then we have uh, small groups we do. They're called dig and dine groups. And uh, so that's another way to talk and dig in the word together.
1: You can find out more by listening online. The links to Kyle's audio can be found at com, and just click on online teachings. You can also find out more about the church by following DeaverConnor Calvary Chapel on Facebook. So thank you so much, Karen and Kyle Mitchell, for visiting Man, us today. Go thanks out for there, having us. Enjoy the rest of this awesome day. And remember, remember DeaverConnor Calvary. Calvary Chapel has services 10 a.m. on Sundays, 7 p.m. on Wednesdays, and also 7 p.m. Youth Group Wednesdays. Thanks so much for tuning in to Difference Makers on True Talk 800